the Pittsburgh Steelers season is over. And while, yes, there's some bad, I think there's plenty of good. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers see how much good actually came from the second half of this season and how much good they can carry with them into the offseason. Which brings us to our point. What changes are coming? Because there's going to be a lot of them. What's going on, everybody? I'm Noah Strackbein. Thank you for jumping on to Steelers to go, your daily to-go cup of Pittsburgh Steelers news and analysis. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, well, we're going to talk about who's staying, who's going, and what the Pittsburgh Steelers will look like in 2023. There are big names. There are plenty of names. And I tried to get as much information as possible during the post-game locker room to assure that I could bring you guys some real content, some real context here of what is going to happen this offseason and how the Steelers are going to approach things and how their players and their coaches see things evolving in the next couple of months. The Steelers have a lot of questions. You obviously start with Matt Canada. You go on to some of the offensive line, some of the defensive line. You got to look at inside linebacker these last two games Rookie Mark Robinson made starts over Devin Bush and Miles Jack. You have no idea what the future holds there. Cornerback, there's really only one solidified starter in Cam Sutton, but he's a free agent. And then safety, Terrell Edmonds is on the free agency list. So many questions, so many guys to speak to, and so many guys to find out where their head is heading into the offseason. The Steelers will go through this this week. This is how their week will wrap up. They will begin meetings tomorrow. Mike Tomlin will address the media at noon. That kind of leaves some space so that he could still go into meetings afterwards. Won't really address anything big tomorrow. We'll say plenty of times, oh, I haven't had a meeting with this guy. Oh, I haven't had a meeting with that guy. Oh, we still have to evaluate. It's the perfect time for the media to not get any answers from this guy. And that's strategically planned, and that's just how the Pittsburgh Steelers operate. That's how they've always operated. There's nothing you could take away from him there. You saw it coming. We all know it's coming. But then he's going to start meetings. They'll have locker clean out on Monday at 1 o'clock. It will allow guys to come in and get their stuff and leave. The media will get plenty of time to actually talk to these guys, see where some of their head, head is at. But we actually got to talk to a few of them after the game. And I tried, like I said, along with everybody else, to address the primary needs. Who's staying? Who's going? Where's everybody's head at? And we got some answers. The big one I want to start with is obviously Najee Harris and Matt Canada because, of course, that's the one everybody cares about. Is Matt Canada? Is he gone? Well, I can tell you this. I have heard from multiple sources that Matt Canada does have another year left on his contract and that he's not guaranteed to leave the Pittsburgh Steelers after this season. I know Terrible thoughts for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nobody wants to hear this. I understand. I get the whole thing. But not everybody in the locker room agrees that Matt Canada should go. And I think that leaves a question mark heading into the week. Najee Harris had this to say about his offensive coordinator after the game. Did the way you guys improved offensively, did that give you additional confidence that Matt Canada should be the guy going forward? Or what what did that do for the confidence level in the team? Matt, you know, I can't control that. Um, So I'm not really going to answer that. But... Um, man, we all, man, you know, obviously you've seen the stuff on social media with other teams saying, but like, man, we all, we all believe in Canada, you know, um, everybody's saying that he called the same plays, but everybody calls the same plays. You know what I mean? You can look at everybody, everywhere, everybody calls the same plays, it's dressed up a different way. Um, if you really know X's and O's, that's really what it is. 
Um, so, you know, all that play calling stuff, I don't think it's really, I, I think that's just a cover up for just the lack of stuff that we were doing on the field as players. Um, I never bought into none of that. I never really looked at none of that stuff because I know at the end of the day, we're the ones who got to make the plays. He puts us in the best positions, you know, obviously, uh, you know, they could say what they want about we're in the same place, but if you look everywhere, like I said, everybody's running the same place. It's just dressed up differently. Now, does Najee Harris overcome, in his words, overcome the fact that the Steelers finished 16th in rushing yards per game, 23rd in passing yards per game, and 27th in points per game? They scored 30 points, I believe, just twice this season. It was a bad year for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, somehow worse than last year. And I think Matt Canada ran out of excuses. It wasn't Ben Roethlisberger. Last year, it was all Ben Roethlisberger's fault. He was the problem. He couldn't adapt to a new offense, what Matt Canada tried to bring. Understandable, no doubt. Then it was, oh, well, we're operating with Mitch Trubitsky. He's just not good enough. He doesn't understand the offense. Things got to click. Then it was, okay, well, Kenny Pickett's a rookie. We have to let a rookie develop. You can't have super high expectations. Understandable. By the end of the season, everything was clicking. Kenny Pickett wasn't turning the ball over. He looked very comfortable from time to time. Deontay Johnson was flowing. George Pickens was flowing. Najee Harris was running his butt off. The offensive line was working. The defense was working. Everything was going right for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and still they struggled to score points. And I think that's going to carry into the offseason, and I think that's going to be first priority on Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan's list of to-dos is to find a new offensive coordinator, unfortunately. I think Matt Canada did an okay job for somebody who probably wasn't suited for the job coming in here. That being said, I think the Steelers have a ton of potential. I think they know how much potential they have. Najee Harris talked highly of it. George Pickens talked highly of it. Kenny Pickett, TJ Watt, Mike Tomlin, they all talked highly of how much potential the Steelers have moving forward. Because of that, you can't go into the offseason and say, we're going to bring back the offensive coordinator that couldn't get things to click. You have to look for something new. You have to look for something that brings this entire group to the next level because they're ready to go to the next level. I think the Steelers understand that. Do I expect Matt Canada to return? The answer everybody's been waiting for is no. When do I expect that firing to happen? I would expect it comes Wednesday, maybe Thursday, later in the week. You know, Mike Tomlin's going to get through a couple of his meetings. He's going to allow the media to come and go. And I believe that the schedule tomorrow, we hit the locker rooms and we talk to Tomlin. So it's not going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what Tuesday looks like if we're going to get another day of locker clean out. If we do, then I would imagine it's Wednesday or Thursday, but I would expect it to happen this week. And I would expect it to happen a little bit later in the week so that nobody gets a big headline from it. And the Steelers could just quietly go about moving on from Matt Canada. I think next on the list, the biggest name after that is Terrell Edmonds. People could have their opinions on Terrell Edmonds or say whatever they want about whether or not he's good or not. He is the perfect fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they look to do at that safety position. He has such a great relationship with Minka Fitzpatrick. I've talked to Minka a couple of times about how close those two are, and they just get each other. Like At this point, they are so naturally connected on the field that they make each other's games so much better. And I think that Terrell Edmonds is going to get paid this offseason. It's just a matter of fact of where it's going to happen. To him, he understands that, but he also wants to be in Pittsburgh. How do you approach your decision for this offseason? Man, I just take it one day at a time, honestly. I can go in there tomorrow, just break it down. 
I enjoy the guys while I'm still with them right now, and then hopefully next year we still back here and can do everything together. Is it different for you going into this offseason, you know, trying to figure out your future than it was a year ago when you kind of faced a similar decision, a similar situation? I think the only difference is that uh, I know what to expect. I know how the process goes. Um, I'm not really thinking too much into it right now. Uh, but, you know, whenever that time comes, we'll just, you know, have those honest conversations and then we'll just go from there. Do you want to be back in Pittsburgh? Of course. I like a lot of stuff, for sure. He does love the Steelers, and I think the Steelers love Terrell Edmonds. And that's the big thing here is that the Steelers understand how good the relationship is. Terrell Edmonds understands how good the relationship is. But I think both parties also understand that Edmonds has played himself into a big contract, and he deserves a big contract. He's a safety, so it's not going to be huge. It's not going to be a record-breaking deal like Minka Fitzpatrick's was. But the Steelers got to pay this guy if they're going to bring him back. I don't know if they're going to do that. They have to fill a couple other needs. They got to find out what's going on on the defensive side of the ball, on the defensive line, and at inside linebacker. On top of that, they have to figure out what positions they're going to address on the offensive line, if they're going to address any, and what cap hits from these guys are they going to take on? Because a lot of these guys, Miles Jack, James Daniels, Mason Cole, are all top-heavy guys where this next season their cap hit takes a pretty significant jump up they have to understand who they're going to do that for who they're going to keep who they now need to replace and i think then they see what happens with terrell edmonds terrell edmonds is a guy that if he hits the open market again he's going to go somewhere else that's my prediction i don't think the steelers are going to let him do that i think it's a later in the closer to free agency type of signing but i think it's one that the steelers want to get done because they understand the importance of it. Next is DeMonte KZ and Miles Jack, because both of them are somewhat in the same boat. KZ is that third guy who played a great role, but didn't have a big contract, was a late offseason signing, so he wasn't expected to make a boatload of money. You don't know what his market value is going to be in the offseason, but he played well this year, and he's a journeyman, so it's not really a big deal if he comes and goes. This is what he had to say after the game. I hope I hope I come back, you know, but business is business, so can't hold my head down. You know, surf boy shoulders, you know, bouncing good and bad. So I know how to hit the road. I know how to go to another team. So I've been there, been in that position before. It sure kind of sounds like KZ's a guy that understands that he'll get paid and more playing time elsewhere. That being said, I think the Steelers want to bring him back. They want that three-safety look. They've been looking for that three-safety look. Trey Norwood just didn't develop the way that they hoped that he did. Maybe they'll wait. I don't see KZ signing before free agency. Zero chance. I see him being a late free agency signing, and if there's no value for him, then the Steelers bring him back. But if there is value for him, the Steelers could go find another DeMonte KZ pretty much anywhere. And then there's Miles Jack who has a bigger cap hit this offseason, played a significant role early in the season, dealt with injuries late in the season, didn't play a significant role. But because of that, I think that the Steelers got to see that Devin Bush isn't the answer, and I don't think Mark Robinson is either. So who's going to play next to Robert Spillane? Because you have to admit that it's almost a guarantee that Robert Spillane is going to resign with the Steelers. So is it going to be Miles Jack? I don't Thinking, know. Uh, I, would, I would hope so. I mean, that's above my pay grade. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, uh, would you like to see? I that? would love to. I'd love to come back. I, I would love to keep the same team, but we're not NFL is, man. It's a, you never know what's going to happen. 
You don't. You don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's the biggest if on this team right now. Jack would have to take a pay cut. No doubt about it. There's no way the Steelers are going to pay high-end $11 million to an inside linebacker that probably isn't their inside linebacker one. So he's got to take a pay cut. But I think that Mike Tomlin likes Miles Jack, and I think the Steelers understand that Miles Jack is very good at almost everything. He's just not excellent at anything. So he's a good, normal, average, maybe above average inside linebacker, starting quality. Do you resign that guy? I don't know. But you have to cut him and then hope that he takes a pay cut to come back. At that same time, you got to hope that nobody else is going to offer him the same amount of money. So it's a big if. It's one that I don't think works in the Steelers' favor. And if I had to take a guess, Miles Jack isn't a guy that returns to the Steelers, and you kind of got that in that interview there. Just a little bit of a, nah, I don't know. It's a business. It is what it is. And then there's Cam Hayward. He's the biggest name, the most shocking name. A name that I did not see hitting this list, because even if he is worth $22 million next year, I didn't see it coming to a point where you had to worry about a guy who still showed that he's the third best defender on that team. I just did not see that coming. But this is what he had to say about returning to the Steelers and the question marks of the roster moving into 2023. Yeah, the team doesn't look the same every year. Guys move on, guys retire, guys get traded, uh, bring in new guys. Uh, it's just a different, different formula every year. Uh, but I'm, I'm just so appreciative of every guy. Uh, just trying to get better. Uh, I can't say thank you enough to Steelers Nation for uh, going on this journey this year uh, and watching a lot of guys grow. He did. And he grew too. Because at the beginning of the season, you were worried about whether or not Father, father Time was coming to catch up to Cam Hayward. By the end of the season, you were not worried about it at all, and you were stunned that a 33-year-old could play as well as he could. But you were stunned that a 33-year-old could play as well as he could. He'll be 34 next year, and by the end of next season, he'll be pushing 35. That's a defensive tackle that has aged and is concerning, and that number will remain concerning. Do I think the Steelers get rid of him? No. Do I think that they find a way to work his cap space out? Yes. I just don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers moving on from a guy that still offers very high quality football, that continues to be a captain of this team, that is the vocal leader of this team, and that plays such a pivotal role in developing guys, in remaining consistent, and keeping the team consistent, and just being a rock for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You want the Cam Haywards as you develop the Kenny Pickett's and the inside linebackers and the cornerbacks and the outside linebackers and the wide receivers and the Najee Harris's. You want the Cam Hayward. And Cam Hayward's not going to be there to instruct everybody on how to do certain things. What he's going to do is be a rock and be a leader and be a vocal point that people can lean on and somebody that everybody in that locker room knows can go to him. You want Cam Hayward around? I think Mike Tomlin knows that. I think the Steelers know that too. There's a couple of names that I didn't mention because I didn't get to talk to them, at least in the capacity that I wanted to. I spoke with Cam Sutton a little bit, but just in a joking manner, just you know, catching up, making sure that he was good after the loss and seeing what his 
plans are for these upcoming days. Just saying hi. Didn't get to ask him about his future because truthfully, me and Cam, I feel good enough talking to him that I didn't want to press him about that right now. And I'll be honest with you guys about that as well, because my job is to press these guys, but in the right moments. And I think Cam in that moment didn't have an answer for me. And I got that vibe. Do I expect him to come back? I do. I expect Cam Sutton to be a name that the Steelers target this offseason almost heavily because I think that they know because they knew last time that he's an outside cornerback, but he's an inside corner. He's a dude that makes plays. He's a dude that stepped up big this season. I think Cam Sutton is a starting cornerback on almost any team in the NFL. I think the Steelers know that too. So I do expect him to be back. I don't know if there's any other names out there that just stand out enough that I've missed blatantly. If I did, drop them in the comments. If I did, tweet at me. Shoot me an email. Whatever you got to do, let me know, and I'll give you my insight. But this is what I got, and I think the Steelers have a long list of questionables, and I hope we provided some insight into how the offseason is going to turn out with them. 